Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. This is a real show hosted by two real married people about things we like that's good that we're into. It's a podcast. We're real married. We're real married, not the kind of married that you do as little kids. Where you say, this is my husband. Oh, I was more using real in the sense of like extra. Like we're real super married. Right. So this is not a thing that they tell most people. But when you're super duper in love, after <laughs> the wedding, there is a second sort of um, priest or parishioner. Uh, in our case, it was a parishioner who came up and was like, hey, you guys seem super duper in love. Would you like to get for real married? And we were like, what did we just do? Because it's it like really an extra level. Very, and he's like, it's extra level, yeah. super religious. And uh-huh. me and Rachel are like, whoa. <laughs> and he was like, but it's like extra, it's like the most married you can get. Yeah. And you know, we're about those achievements. So right. we wanted the extra for sure. We wanted the extra. You get a second ring, you get two cakes. <laughs> There's two DJs that play at the at the party uh-huh. after. There's another certificate you sign, but this right. one is like it's a death certificate, and you <laughs> sign each you sign each other's. Um, but it's like romantic, okay, in a way. I don't remember that part. So we're super duper for real married. It sounds like the lady doth protest a little too much, huh? <laughs> like maybe we're not married at all, and it's all a sham. That would be the longest most nonsensical sort of con that anyone's ever Can I say, we make a big deal out of the fact that we are two married people that have a podcast together. I don't think people would really care if we weren't married. I don't think they would be like, well, I thought I was listening to lovers. Forget it. Right. No, I mean, we do. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, there is a certain dynamic between us that people seem to enjoy. But would it be even better if we weren't married and then there was all of a sudden a Jim and Pam energy. Oh, yeah. People could ship it. Yeah. Japan. <laughs> That's what they called him. Uh-huh. Japan. Um, so this is wonderful. And do you have any small wonders to talk about, please, for me now? Do you have them? Um, I got uh, yesterday. I do a lot of impulse purchasing around the weekend because i i feel like i need a lot of uh tools uh to get through it with typically at marshall's when you go to marshall's it's like i don't know what the (laughs) fuck you're gonna come back with because it's always a surprise that's their new ad campaign (laughs) yeah marshall's come on in with plans to buy some gym shorts leave with like a basketball set yeah, no. Well, anyway, I got like one of those little Play-Doh sets. This was through a grocery delivery platform that I use typically for groceries, but also goes to other stores that have toys. And so I got one of those That's little wild. Play-Doh boxes where the hair, the Play-Doh becomes the hair and it goes through the top. This is something that I think I always wanted personally um, because I, I basically like pushed our children out of the way to use it first. Uh, and it was exactly as rewarding as I wanted it to be. Yeah, it feels good to extrude anything. Uh-huh, um, true. Especially though, um, especially Play-Doh. I'm gonna say Rachel has a recipe in her repertoire um, that you do not bust out very often, but when you do, it is grounds for a national holiday. I believe it is your shrimp and grits recipe. Rachel, it's out of this world good, Thank the shrimp you. and grits that you make. Can you describe what, what, what is happening there? Because I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, I found a recipe um, that it claims that it is Southern style. Okay. Which I don't know that there's another style of shrimp and grits, but it involves, um, when you make the grits, it involves butter and milk instead of just water. Okay. Uh, so it's like super rich, and then you add like a big cup of cheddar cheese at the end. Love that. Uh, and then you make the shrimp in, in, in what they call a Cajun seasoning, and I just use Old Bay. Oh. Uh, and then you sprinkle some green onions, and you make the shrimp, too, in bacon fat. I mean, it's just, it's- It's not good for you. No, and that there's, there is a reason I don't make it all the time. It is yeah. it is very rich. If I and, put a little bit of hot sauce on there, yeah. it is fucking great. It's so good. Yeah. Um, And so I celebrate. I see you, and I celebrate you. Thank you. In this moment. And most moments. <laughs> um, you go first this week. I do. What do you want to say? What do you want to talk about? You got the laptop on the floor, I see. Here we come. Here it goes. Cracking it open. <laughs> She's jacking in. Wow. No password on that, huh? I oh. had the little touch with my finger. Oh. I do have a password, but, you know. A password's your, di- your, your finger. It's not secure. Someone could steal your fingerprint with a, you know, a, gla- a wine glass. A Danny Ocean type, get out of your files. Just saying. Yeah. All of that could be true. Do you want to hear my thing? Uh huh. I was uh, stalling there. <laughs> no, I know. Lab- I know. Okay. But I had my computer open. I was ready. ready. To rock. I wanted to let you know you could stop stalling. Please. Uh, because what I have is a trip for us to the poetry corner. Oh, it's been so long. Let me dust out these cobwebs with this big stand up bass. <laughs> I got to restring this thing. It sounds terrible. <laughs> oh, is that it? That was it. Yeah, it's all wow. it's, Yeah, it's really messed up right now. I got to take it into the shop. Uh, the poet I wanted to uh share with y'all this week is Franny Choi. Ooh, I don't know that one. Yeah, I didn't either until just recently. Oh, that's fun. I do this thing sometimes where I will find a poet I know I like, and then I will just kind of follow the train from that poet. Like, you know, a lot of sites will be like, if you like this poet, you should check out this one. Yeah. And that's how I found Franny Choi. Okay. Uh, So I want to communicate who she is in the way that uh, she seems to define herself. Um, I read several interviews, and they always introduced her as a queer Korean-American poet, playwright, teacher, and organizer. So many hats. So many hats. Uh, Yeah, she uh, has three poetry collections. The most recent one is The World Keeps Ending and the World Goes On, which came out in 2022. And she actually, speaking of somebody cutting off my finger to hack into my laptop. I did not say that. <laughs> I did not say that. What did you say? Like on a wine glass, you know, like oh. you lift your finger. I, did, have you seen Ocean? any of the Ocean? Danny Ocean doesn't cut someone's finger <laughs> off to hack in. Sorry. Anyway, she writes a lot about tech. Um, her first book of poetry was called Soft Science. It came out in 2019. Uh, and there was an interview with her in the Paris Review. Uh, and the interviewer asked her how soft science began. And she said, uh, the book came out of writing a series of poems that were inspired by and in the voice of a character from the film Ex Machina, Kyoko. Oh, cool. When I watched that film, I had a particular combination of emotional responses that provoked a desire to write, a mix of love, confusion, and outrage. 
I started writing to try to understand what I was feeling about her and then quickly realized that the poems were speaking to other poems about my own experience as an Asian American woman, as a queer Asian American woman about moving through the world in a body that had been made an object of desire, fantasy, and power, living as a soft, fleshy, objectified human of the world. I think about that movie a lot. It really got stuck in my craw in a way that some movies do. A lot of challenging ideas yes. uh, in that film. If you haven't seen it, it's about um, this sort of amoral tech bro asshole played by, I think, was it was that Oscar Isaacs was, uh, yeah. was in that one? Oscar Isaac was in yeah, that one. Yeah, wow. Uh, and he has this like retreat in the wilderness that uh, a like new employee at his tech company comes to and he reveals that he has developed AI, like an AI person. And Kyoko is like a much more earlier sort of like very, very subservient AI controlled entity in, in the film uh, who ends up having kind of a tragic arc as pretty much everyone in the film does. Yes, yes, yes. Very messed up ending, I would say. Very, very, uh, very, very scary stuff. Uh, so I wanted to read a poem that she had published in the New York Times uh, that is called Unrequited Love Song for the Panopticon. All right. Once I breathed without your blue metronome rising beside me at night. Once I turned the pages of magazines and only God saw. When we met, we chatted first in placid facts. How many siblings do you have? What was the name of your first pet? After, I'd cover your eyes, walk off into rooms where you couldn't follow. Back then, I had just one brain. I was lonely, that is, when you emerged, sturdy as a cage. You remembered every anniversary. You licked my data and didn't wince at the smell. What is your mother's maiden name? Do you want to save your billing address? Truth is, I wanted to be known, cracked open by gentle hands. You completed my sentences, sent me gifts, gifs, Wine wrecks calibrated to my thumbprint, reminders to meditate, reminders to menstruate, my own memories. Are you still watching? Who have you called and for how long did you speak? You listened when I asked for advice, when I hummed in the shower. You were always listening. Now I'm porous as a spreadsheet, tethered to your tentacular benevolence. List of prescription medications. Darling, I have no secrets from you, though I've never seen your face. Difference in heart rate during and after playback, during and after sex. Tell me, does your inquisition carry a smell? Genetic predisposition toward impulse spending. What are you afraid of? Where do you go when you're dream-based investment potential? In sleep mode. Can you feel it when I touch you here? Will you think of me when I'm gone? That fucking <laughs> ruled. That was the best poem ever. <laughs> Tentacular benevolence is the strongest <laughs> two words I've ever heard said it, uh, together. That fucking rule. That was a good-ass poem. <laughs> I thought you would like that. Fuck yeah, I did. I thought you would like that. Yeah, you know what's interesting? So I... I Horus as a spreadsheet. That shit <laughs> ruled. What a good fucking poem. <laughs> um, I... 
was watching like YouTube clips of her performing her poetry, which I usually do to just to kind of get a sense, one of how the writer pronounces their name, yeah, uh, but also just kind of what the tone is of the poem. Uh, and then I did a little more research on her. She was uh, a finalist in the National Poetry Slam, uh, the individual World Poetry Slam, and the Women of the World Poetry Slam. And she is the uh, co-director of the uh, Providence Poetry Slam. Just a slammer sort of 24-7, it sounds like. Yeah. And that explains, like, if you watch footage of her reading her poems, if you read some of her work, too, it has that kind of cadence, like the the wordplay and the, the kind of um, preference towards sound. Uh, you can, like, you can tell right away. If you're somebody who has seen a lot of performance poetry which i have at this yeah. point um but but anyway yeah she is, brings a lot of energy to her work um and she talks a lot about technology obviously because of her first book soft science uh but she talks about how she understands that it is kind of this thing that people are afraid of um or that they view kind of as a guilty pleasure but she sees like there there should be room for kind of more emotion and more complicated of feelings yeah about it and kind of how we retain ourselves in in that uh and i feel like that poem really really speaks to it i i i I genuinely, I loved everything about that poem, but I, I think I love that most of all, this idea. There's this like weird stigma around technology in the arts. And I, I, I think you, I think we have it through like a very specific lens of having kids and having this enormous sort of stigma around how you use that as a parent when that kind of ignores the fact that it's like everything we do now involves this sort of panopticon and to just sort of write that off or say that it is not worth thinking about artistically or creatively in that way, I think is like pretty stupid. Uh, well, and there's just such an opportunity uh, for like a worldliness, you know, I feel like there's a there's a chance to kind of move past a lot of ignorance when you can access information and from all parts of the world you right know? I, I I just think about our our big son, yeah, who is incredibly curious and is always you know kind of chasing his interests you know through his use of technology right uh and that's exciting that's cool as a parent yeah i i I, it's like i'm not saying that you know technology and i guess in the case of this poem sort of like the way that we are observed by the technology that is designed to help us and also sort of absorb and assimilate our personal data for the use of you (laughs) know know, the the corporations that made it like it i i feel like there is a knee-jerk uh demand to be to like shun that shit in the like banksiest way imaginable a hundred percent of the time without acknowledging the fact that it's like you are just also describing a thing that every like every person uses well most most people use like every day throughout their lives and it's just like an aspect of life now that is worth considering and reflecting upon without just instantly being like it's bad yeah Um, yeah yeah, that's great. 
What a good poem. Thank you for what was what was her name again? Franny Choi. Franny Choi. Excellent. Great yeah. work, Franny. Keep it up. <laughs> ten out of ten, Paul. Ten, ten out of ten. Um, can I steal you away? Yes. Cool. Griffin? Yeah. You know what's a shame? What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? (laughs) It's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. (laughs) Factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, There's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? (laughs) Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. With, I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think, that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghostwriter, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell uh your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain The Greatest Generation, Maximum Fun's irreverent, potty mouth Star Trek podcast is a big deal. How big? It's the only Star Trek podcast big enough to have our very own live show tour. And we're inviting all Star Trek fan max funsters everywhere. We're calling it the Share Your Embarrassment Tour. And this year we're going to celebrate and roast Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. We're going to go to a bunch of cities. And GreatestGenTour.com has all the info. That's greatestgentour.com for dates and ticketing info for the Share Your Embarrassment Tour. Share your embarrassment and grow stronger from the sharing. Hi, I'm Travis McElroy. And I'm Teresa McElroy. And we're the hosts of Schmanners. 
If you're looking for a good place to jump into our show, uh, we really recommend either the Playgrounds episode or the Job Interviews episode. Or if you want to go way back, you can check out the episode where we compare the differences between afternoon tea and high tea. So check out those episodes and new episodes every Friday on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. This is another one of those segments that I cannot believe we have not done before. Maybe the most that I cannot believe we haven't done before. It's trains, baby. (laughs) Now, I will say in going on wonderful.fyi, I did see that you very recently you did talk about the zoo train. I do not believe that there is. I think there was a lot of depths left unplumbed there. Um, because I don't think people are using zoo trains for long distance. Yeah, I imagine the way you're talking about the train is when you would want to potentially travel between cities. Right. And not between exhibits at a zoo. Right. (laughs) I cannot believe I haven't talked about this before because I feel like I very frequently and loudly, like, exclaim my love of a train um, to anyone who will listen. And that didn't used to be the case, but really once we started touring a lot, once we sort of hit the, like, one tour a month schedule that we are kind of back on now at this point after a, a brief hiatus, um, thanks to the, the novel coronavirus 2019 edition, uh, we're back at it. And now that we live in D.C., the train opportunities for us are through the roof. Are you are you specifically talking about like Amtrak? I mean, yes, I guess I am talking about long distance. I love a subway train. Yeah, cuz I was going to say there are, there are a lot of Sure. I think, you know, yeah. a light rail, any other form of sort of like um public transit that one would use on a daily basis, that's obviously amazing too, right? And and I love availing myself of that here in in dc when we have uh, a a chance to use it i think i am mostly focusing more on trains as long distance sort of um transportation yeah i I will say it's interesting because there was a period of time when i live in chicago and i would take the train to st louis and i kind of hated that train ride uh because it's so short it's not though uh, Chicago to St. Louis. Okay, six hours? Yeah, about that. But the problem is that there were always delays. And I think it was oh, something unique about that route because a lot of times what would happen is another train would need to go by. Right. And you would have to like sit on the side and wait. Uh, and that was at the time when cell phone technology was not great either. Right. And so it, I was like scrambling to like tell my parents, like, hey, I am actually going to be an hour to maybe two hours late. Right. <laughs> Please don't leave the house yet. <laughs> so it's funny because I, I looked up just as a data point, like the comparison between air travel and train travel with regards to uh, delays. Delays, right? Yeah. And it's the numbers are somewhat comparable, actually. Like if for air travel across the airlines, some are better than others. Like Frontier, it's like 31% of flights are de- are, are delayed in some way. Uh, I forget what the best one was, but it was only like 20%. Basically, between 20 and 30% of flights are delayed, regardless of what airline that you are going on. The numbers are roughly the same for uh, train travel because – and and a vast majority of those delays are due to um, freight trains that – yeah. Block, block routes, right? Yeah. That's 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 an inevitable. Freight trains always run on time. Freight trains are always going to get there because I, I yeah. guess they take priority. But 
Um, but delays are much, much shorter in duration on average. Yeah. Uh, I saw some fact about like uh, for an Amtrak train that goes like 550 miles uh, on, on a route. On average, is arrive is is arriving at its final destination just like a half hour past. What yeah, it usually is, which See, yeah. Compared to a, a plane, like once a, a delay starts to happen on a flight, odds are it's going to keep rolling and keep rolling. No, and that's keep rolling. true. And just the, I mean, the experience of airports it just seems to Sucks have gotten so bad, worse and worse as we have gotten older. Yes. And and, and a, a train station and the process of getting on a train. Oh, it's so pleasant. Right. So uh, the, the amount of time you have to factor in when you fly between getting to the airport, parking, getting on the shuttle at the parking lot to the terminal, getting your boarding passes, dropping off your bags, going through security, waiting at the gate, boarding, waiting to taxi, then flying and then landing and then waiting to park at the gate, (laughs) waiting to deplane, waiting for your bags. Like there's so much time not spent flying when you're flying. Um, And it's stressful. It, uh, all, all that, that entire process of just getting on the plane, especially with kids, it's so fucking stressful. Um, and with a train, you show up to the station five minutes before the train arrives at the station and you just walk on. You just walk right on it and you put it's, your bags in the rack and then you go on the train. To, it's so wild to way. me that you get on a train, you sit down and only after the train starts moving does somebody come, come by. Come get your ticket. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I, I get that there's probably not a lot of people trying to scam the train system, uh, but it is surprising to me, like just to be like, I'm already here, right? And now you want to know if I'm supposed to be here. <laughs> like, obviously, trains are slower than planes for longer distances, right? Like, we live on the East Coast. As a result, when we, I'm about to fly to Seattle for PAX, and that flight is like five and a half hours. That's a long flight. The train would, I think, be about like 36 hours. Like, it would be very, <laughs> yeah. like, that's not tenable for me where I'm at in my life. Um, now, I will say my great dream is that in my lifetime, we will have a high speed rail system yeah. that crisscrosses this beautiful country of ours, like they have in Japan or China or most parts of Europe. Um, not happening quite yet which is unfortunate um but yeah i gotta fly to the west coast that's just how it is but you know for uh washington to new york uh i think it's actually faster once you factor in all of the like you know uh bullshit at the two airports that you have to go to uh to just take a train it's faster and in most cases yeah, much definitely cheaper and... faster than driving also yes um also train stations are especially in like bigger cities Gorgeous. Union Station here in D.C. is one of the most unfathomably beautiful yeah. insides of a building I have I have ever been in. It is cathedral-esque, um, and I love it so much. I'm, I'm hopping all around my notes right now. I'm just quantum leaping all the way through these notes <laughs> because I'm just so fucking excited about trains. Um, they're huge. Uh, you get so much more space. Sometimes you can get a table where you just like sit across from the people you want to just like chat with and just like play a board game or whatever the fuck. Yeah. The fact that you can get out of your seat and move around is a huge pro now that we have children. Our young son is at an age that is the worst for travel because he yeah. is like very active and rambunctious and cannot sit still for a minute. Yeah. And on an airplane, that sucks because there, there is nothing for us. We will literally just run up and down the aisle 
uh, and then just like stay in the back of the plane with the yeah. flight attendants. And you just have to pray that you get a flight attendant that is very forgiving. Chill. Yes. Because, tr- yeah, that is obviously planes are not intended to have uh, children running back and forth on them all the time. <laughs> on train, run around as much as you want. Hop yeah. between cars if you want. Go to the dining car, buy yourself some snacks. Or I didn't even think about this. I was reading an article on why train travel kicks ass. Bring your own snacks. Bring your own food and drinks from home because they're not going to make you throw it the fuck away (laughs) as soon as you get to the train station like they do at an airport. The number of times that we had to fly with one of our kids and every single TSA agent looked at the bottles of milk that we would bring through as if they were some sort of like improvised explosive device is is a hundred percent of the time is every single time when it's like no that's milk the baby needs that for nutrition and <laughs> living you know like babies do it they don't care on a train just bring whatever the fuck you want um the bathroom's so spacious you don't have to squeeze your knees together just to fit in the thing and then somehow get your hand down there when it's wiping time i don't want to get blue but like it's a reality <laughs> a fact of life and you don't have to do that on train. I don't bathrooms. remember train bathrooms being that much bigger. Oh my god, they're so big! On the Amtrak <laughs> that we took back from Richmond to yeah. DC, those were like the size of this office. <laughs> they were gargantuan. Um, I just let's talk scenery. It beats it in every. It beats planes in every way. Scenery and the okay. I will say this: in a plane, you get a good vista of a nice big city or clouds, uh, just an ocean, a paradise of clouds. From above, I love that. But you've kind of seen one, you've seen them all. Trains, you're down in it, man. You're zooming through all the beautiful biomes, this great planet of ours. And I like that very much. Some trains have observation cars that are just big windows. You can just sit and just kick it and watch the the trees go by, the foliage. You've been on a train that had like a sleeper situation, right? You can get a sleeper car if you really splurge. Not all trains have them. Not all trains have them. And frankly, you don't need them for a lot of things. But we, I forget, we were on tour, traveling on a train. We didn't really even need the sleeper car because it was only like a four-hour trip, which is not, you know, you You can go four hours without sleeping. You can go four hours without sleeping, I hope. (laughs) Um, But I did avail myself of it, and it was amazing. Just being rocked and lulled to sleep by the movement of the powerful engine. I (laughs) was in hog heaven plugging in all my devices to the copious uh power outlets <laughs> jacking into the web on the free wi-fi that most like long distance commuter trains have now um i i mean what else what else do i need to say they're amazing they beat plane travel in every conceivable much way much more affordable also much more affordable i don't get like terrible um like sinus problems yeah. i get bad like barrow trauma from being on an airplane from pressurizing the cabins like i would say coin flip like 50% of the time especially if i don't pound the flonase like a couple days before which remind me i need to start <laughs> hitting that now for the seattle flight I, I get sick on an airplane. On a yeah. train, they don't pressurize the cabins because you're on the ground where God intended you to be. Now, we are recording this in 2023. The future of train travel, I mean, maybe it gets... Even better. <laughs> Tra- here's the thing, because train... Uh, I will say people also used to love planes. That's what I will say. People used to love planes, but planes have fucking fallen off. Every single sort of airline has like had, a, I would say, a steep decline yeah, in quality. Yeah. 
uh, over the last over the last you know five or six years, especially during COVID, train uh, uh, demand has gone up. Amtrak has had to oh, add really? new new trains to their to I their lines, that. right? So there, there's not uh, tragically we just had this big you know infrastructure package in late 2021, I think that it did not include uh, I believe one red cent for uh, high speed rails. But imagine if we did have that. It would be a totally different conversation oh, yeah. about how people got around in this country in such a major way. Yeah. Um, so I'm I you know, I joke uh, a lot about my enthusiasm for trains, but it is genuine and it is very powerful. And I would be so that would be a life changing thing for so many people if if we could get that you think joe biden going. would be all about it you think that would be uh operation? man love loves his trains like took the train into dc every day or whatever I, yeah i feel like I don't he, know, you man. know i'll talk to him yeah see what you can do romantic too trains are and, <laughs> and joe biden maybe trains are so romantic if before sunrise took place on an airplane true totally different story because true. also i think jesse convinces Celine to get off the train before yeah. she reaches her final destination, which is not how airplanes work. <laughs> no. They would jump out of it. They would have to skydive out of the air. Oh, okay. Or more importantly, uh, at the beginning of the film, she trades, she changes seats because there's a couple arguing next to her and sits next to Jesse. That's how the romance sparks. They don't let you do that shit on airplanes. So, so there. Take that in your take pipe. That. Take, take that, that in your pipe and shove it, airplanes. <laughs> You're the worst. I like that we've set up this environment where you have to be pro one and anti the other, and we are very firmly pro train. I don't anti plane. There, there's parts of plane travel that I also do not mind. Right, like it is genuinely very beautiful to see a city from above as you are coming down into it. Um, I a like lo- a lo- a short flight is incredible. I will say, like when you are flying. You know, like when we used to have to fly from like Austin to Dallas or when I used to fly from St. Louis to Chicago, those flights that are like an hour. That's They're fine, but you're also spending an hour and a half going through all the airport bullshit. Just take yeah. a train, man. You know, just take a train. Uh, you get to watch movies. I watched John Wick 4 on an airplane recently. That was nice. Um, <laughs> sometimes there's food. Um and, you know, I love having gadgets on the plane and just sitting down and playing a game or something. But most of the time there's no chargers. Uh-oh, my switch is dead. Now I'm just bored. Uh, not a problem on trains. Trains kick ass in every way. Thank you so much, trains. Bridget. Oh, wait. You got it. You got yeah, it. Yeah. Intro. <laughs> hey, you want to know what our friends at home are talking about? Yes, please. Bridget has a small wonder here. Uh, Bridget says, My small wonder is reaching the end of a tube of chapstick. It's rare that I can keep track of one long enough to use it all up. It feels so satisfying when I do. I'll be honest, I do not know this feeling. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever. (laughs) Never, ever, ever. (laughs) I've never lived. I mean, maybe, okay, if I like grew up in Minnesota or Chicago or whatever, uh, and lived in a sort of chappy environment, yeah. <laughs> then, then maybe I could see myself sticking. Well, I will say I'm always convinced that there is a better lip product out there. Oh, and so a lot of times I will switch halfway through only because I have decided that that this is not the one I want. Right. I've got to chase this $9 thing right. because that's going to be the best. Right. Um, James says cultural festivals are wonderful, specifically the chance to eat lots of super delicious foods that are otherwise, uh, hard to find in my town. Yes. Yes. Growing up in Huntington, 
there was... <laughs> you guys have food festivals every weekend. We have food festivals every weekend that were not inherently cultural in nature. <laughs> no. Um, Unless the culture was, in fact, Huntington, West Virginia. Well, I mean, yeah, hot dogs and, you know, <laughs> rib fest and chili fest and, like, we had uh, lots of fest. But there was a Greek festival uh, that was, like... Uh, a big deal and it was across the street from my elementary school uh and we went to that shit a lot and that is where i had heroes for the first time um i had i had i had lots of tasty food uh at the greek festival yeah i'm always looking for stuff like that in dc like i i will always eagerly check out a like an events calendar to see if if we can bring the boys to something like that hey thanks to bowen and augustus for these for a theme song money won't pay you can find a link to that in the episode description Uh, and thank you to maximum fun for having us on the network Uh, i mentioned it a couple times during my um preaching about trains but we're going to be in seattle this weekend uh doing my brother my brother and me and the adventure zone during pax west we're also if you're going to be at pax doing a couple panels if you go to mcroy.family you can get tickets for those shows i think they might be sold out i don't know uh and find out details on when our panels are and stuff come see us and uh it'll be it'll be a great time uh we got some more shows coming up too that you could learn about at mcroy.family as well Got more merch over at McElroyMerch.com. Can I mention your YouTube streams? Yes, please. Uh, I I will kind of save them up and, and treat them as a little lunchtime entertainment. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, Griffin and his brothers will play uh, some Mario games together. Yes. Uh, and it is so fun and funny. And yes. I always enjoy it. If you've not watched it, we play Super Mario World. Uh, by the time you're hearing this, we hopefully finished the game yesterday. Uh, in in a series we called Super McElroy Brothers. Uh, and we split up controls so that I do the jumping, Justin <laughs> does the moving, Travis does everything else. And it's it's cockamamie. And it's so insane fun. that it works. Sometimes it works I watch so it good. and you guys will not be communicating. You will just be like blood harmonizing. Same brain. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And we have a lot of other stuff on there too. A lot, a lot of video game stuff, a lot of, a lot of good stuff at Mac- the McElroy Family YouTube channel. Go check that out. That's it. Thanks for listening. We sure do appreciate you. We'll be back next week with another great episode. (laughs) Have a great time. Have a great time out there. Have a great weekend, everybody. Have a great weekend. Any big plans? Oh, that sounds fun. I'm talking to the audience now. No, I know. Someone probably answered back. What's that? Oh, that sounds exciting. Oh, and I'm also, I'm I'm sorry that, that... your weekend plans are not what you want them to be um, because there's probably listeners that have that too. Oh, okay, yeah. You do the sad ones and I'll do the fucking party <laughs> animals. Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows, supported directly by you.